Hello everyone and welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to giving you nightmares. I am your host Jack and I am wildly excited to bring you guys all sorts of education that nobody wants. Although, if I'm being honest, I actually did get some good feedback about the last episode I did on the Gulf Corvina and most of the DMs and texts I get, even from people I know in real life, it's basically just people sending me animal dicks, so I guess some people do want it. By the way, sending me pictures of animal dicks is not only accepted, but highly encouraged. So if you guys have anything you think would be awesome for a future episode, I love getting those messages. So by all means, I don't want anybody to not send me weird shit. (laughs) But I don't want anyone to think that it's okay to send me pictures of human penises just because, you know, humans are technically animals. Don't don't pull that shit, you guys, please. (laughs) Anyways, I'll stop boring you guys with my ranting. Time to start the episode which, kind of like last week, is about a seemingly innocuous, bland, boring animal with a really fucking spicy sex life. The Apirius rapi, or the cabbage butterfly, as it's known in North America, also known in Europe as the small white, in New Zealand as the white butterfly, and in my current favorite game, Animal Crossing, as the common butterfly. If you don't know what the cabbage butterfly is, you're probably wrong about that because odds are you've encountered many of them. They're the super basic white butterfly that everyone sees everywhere all the time. A lot of times they get mistaken for a moth because they kind of look exactly like a moth. They probably originated in the Eastern Mediterranean area, but due to the diversification of the crops that they're named after and trade routes and just the development of the whole world, they were actually introduced to everywhere, basically, and they adapted beautifully. They're thriving. It's really enviable quality. (laughs) So like I said, they're white. They have white wings, but they are capable of seeing in ultraviolet light, and their white wings reflect all sorts of pretty colors in ultraviolet that develop these cool patterns, and I'm pretty salty that we don't have anything similar. (laughs) And as is apparently the standard for most animals, The prettier and brighter those colors, the sexier that a man is. The patterns and brightness of those ultraviolet wings depend on the proteins ingested as a caterpillar, which is pretty fucking weird considering they eat foods like cabbage and kale and bok choy, which are pretty piss poor at providing protein. I don't know who the hell decided that was a good idea because it's not a good idea. But I guess the reason is probably because bright colors and pretty patterns, again, means lots of proteins, And lots of proteins means really, really good sperm, which is the exact opposite of how it works in humans, I'm pretty sure. All right, so let me go ahead and break down how this shit works. First, we gotta do the courtship dance because pretty colors aren't enough. That just means he's sexy. The female wants to see his moves too. So the male starts flying in a zigzag pattern up up and down and in front of her and beneath her, just generally being obnoxious and yelling, hey, honey, do you like what you see? Let me take you home. And it's annoying. And that's the whole courtship ritual. (laughs) I'm not kidding. No, like, cool, complicated dance. He's just being obnoxious. But if that somehow does it for her, she'll start landing and he'll catch her closed wings as she falls, which I guess has some romantic appeal to it in, like, a stereotypical cheesy way that you see in every single movie made in the 90s. (laughs) And before we talk about the sexy time, I have to explain the sperm. I mentioned it a minute ago, and it's 
pretty important. I suppose that kind of applies universally speaking, but you'll see what I mean. Don't worry. If you remember the episode about leopard slugs, I spoke about spermatophores. I explained what they are, but if you didn't catch that episode, well, first of all, you should listen to it because I think it's great. But also, I'll go ahead and reiterate for you guys right now. Basically, spermatophores are just nicely packaged, shippable sperm. It has a hard outer shell and a nice gooey inside full of vital nutrients, and then it's topped off with a blob of sperm at the base of it. And in my head, I imagine ejaculating spermatophores would be like passing kidney stones, but I've never done either, so that could definitely be wildly inaccurate. <laughs> the reason I think that though is because like, these spermatophores are not small by any means. For the cabbage butterfly in particular, each package of sperm makes up 13% of the male's weight. And no, I know that 13 is a small number out of 100, but think of 13% of your own body weight. Like, okay, if we go with a cool like 150 pounds, then 13% is just under 20 pounds. <laughs> that is, that's a lot. That is so much sperm. <laughs> Like, imagine pushing a five-gallon bucket out of your penis. And not in liquid form. Packaged in a hard shell. Fortunately, he doesn't actually have to do that. That would, that would be the worst. What he does in reality is he inserts a penis-looking organ inside of the female, and he kind of, like, squirts out construction materials so that he can build a spermatophore, again, inside of her. Which, honestly is weirdly off-putting to me. I don't like that idea. Now, <laughs> ejaculating 13% of your body weight obviously kind of takes it out of you. It's a really admirable thing, but it does mean that the males are limited in the amount of times that they can mate. An exact number isn't known, but it's believed that it's two or three. Another wild thing, though, is that if they're running low on resources for the nutrients that they put inside of the spermatophores, they'll start breaking down their flight muscles and their internal organs to build their massive loads. Like, they, they really put themselves into their work. And I learned that because I was reading this interview with Nathan Morehouse, who is an expert on cabbage butterflies. I think that means that he's Lepidopterist. So, in this interview, there was this one short line, and it had me fucking dying. I have to read it to you. Scientists who work on ejaculates will often show up to meetings with props. <laughs> That's the point where he was referring to the five gallon bucket. Like a fucking guy with a PhD said this to the Atlantic in a professional fucking interview. And they were just like, yeah, yeah, legit, man. He's an expert. <laughs> I, I don't know how these people fucking do it. I feel I feel like, honestly, with all the weird animal sex in the world, they could just start making shit up completely and people would just go along with it. Like, yeah, yeah, legit. Weird, but yeah, legit. <laughs> Fuck, dude. So, all right, back to the sperm. So, <laughs> he has this big old box of sperm, essentially, and he deposits this spermatophore into a pouch located in the female's reproductive tract. It's called the bursa copulatrix which I'm pretty sure is related to the word copulation. That's just a guess though. So at this point, the sperm at the base of the spermatophore get the fuck out of Dodge and they swim up to a second pouch located in the reproductive tract. And things like this just kind of, it blows my mind. It really 
convinces me that nothing is real. Because I'm sure that there's an explanation, but I don't have the degree that would have taught me what the explanation is. So I don't understand how the sperm just knows like, all right, time to get off this train and swim over there until the female needs us. <laughs> it's not like the sperm is sentient, but wouldn't that be fucking wild? So the sperm swam off, but the spermatophore has this outer shell that I mentioned, which still needs to be broken down so that the female can have access to the nutrients inside of it. However, it's in the best interest of the males to have the most impossible to get through spermatophore shells, which seems counterintuitive, so I'll explain. From the female's perspective, it's best to mate as much as possible because each mating session comes with a package of nutrients for her. What's bad for the males though, aside from breaking down your internal organs to give to this female, each new spermatophore deposited into her also comes with a new male's sperm, which could displace any sperm located in that secondary pouch, like his. And obviously they want their own sperm to be used, which in reality, that's totally fair. I feel like if you put in that much effort into building such a huge sperm load, I'd be pretty pissy if it never got used, <laughs> but she's not capable of mating again until she finishes draining a spermatophore. So in order to lengthen the time in between the female's mating sessions and therefore lessen the odds of his own sperm getting displaced, evolution has resulted in outer shells that are insanely hard for the female to break down. Scientists have had to resort to boiling the spermatophores in concentrated sulfuric acid to break them down which is a testament to its durability. And obviously the female doesn't have any concentrated sulfuric acid just laying around. So guess what gift evolution gave to her? It gave her teeth, <laughs> seriously, vagina dentata. <laughs> and I'm sure some of my listeners are suddenly thinking about that cinematic masterpiece called Teeth, which if you don't know, it's about a human woman with teeth in her vagina. Yes, it's a real movie. And for the cabbage butterfly, it's also real life. <laughs> this little white butterfly has teeth in her reproductive tract so that she can literally chew through the spermatophore. In reality, it's actually called the signum, but realistically, come on, it looks like teeth. They function like teeth and more disturbing somehow. <laughs> her reproductive tract actually releases the same digestive enzymes that stomachs use to digest food but it releases 20 times more than her actual gut does, which effectively means her sex bits are a hell of a lot more of a mouth and stomach than her actual mouth and stomach are. <laughs> With all the weird shit that us humans put on the internet or make movies about apparently, we don't have remotely the same amount of creativity and kink that evolution does. <laughs> By the way, it takes her up to 36 hours of constant chewing to finally get through to the nutrients inside the spermatophore. And just to add to it, the ejaculates can actually affect the female's physiology, like her lifespan, her sleep cycle, even her eating behaviors. Which reminds me of that lie that some people have spread about where a human man's sperm can affect a woman's DNA. I kind of wonder if they got that idea from the cabbage butterfly. But all of this shit makes me really fucking happy that I am a human and that wraps up today's episode. As always, don't forget to swing by Phonication's Twitter and Instagram if you want to see a really weird picture of this vagina dentata. And please don't forget to stay safe out there. Coronavirus is still a thing, so please don't catch it. 
Lastly, if you enjoy this podcast and want to support me putting out more podcasts, please consider becoming a patron. And I'll be back next week with a new episode. Bye.